السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته قال الله تبارك وتعالى في كتاب العزيز والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام ميم ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين وقال تعالى في مقام آخر إن الشيطان كان للإنسان عدوا مبينا صدق الله العلي العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين الشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My dear respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters Alhamdulillah It is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter how many times we say it that Allah has allowed us to come to the masjid He has allowed us to hear about his praise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing us to prostrate in front of him. We as human beings are very feeble. Everything other than the Khaliq, the creator, is created. And everything that is created has no comparison to the creator. We're all dependent on the creator for anything and everything that happens in our lives whether we like it or not, right? Sometimes there are things which seem favorable to us and we like them and we're really happy about it, right? And we say, Alhamdulillah. But sometimes there are things which might not seem so favorable to us. And we get upset as human beings and we start complaining complaining and lamenting and so on and so forth. But especially as Muslims, we should believe that وَالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى That everything that happens for me as a Muslim is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in everything, if I believe and if I trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way I need to trust Him, then there is goodness in that for me, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a lens through which we can differentiate between haq and batil. Through which we can differentiate between what is right and what is wrong. What ideology, philosophy, or what, which ism from the many isms that we have today is right and which is wrong. Which is upon haq and which is not upon haq. Right? And that is the beauty of Islam, that Islam tells you how to differentiate between truth and falsehood. On the contrary, and that was the job of the Anbiya One of the primary reasons a prophet was selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Allah said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هَصْطَفَىٰ Adam," And so on, إِلَىٰ آخِرِ الْآيَةِ That Allah selected and handpicked and chose Adam and the other prophets. What was the reason of them being chosen? Think about it. What was the reason that this human being was also a human being? There was a reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam angels. They were not angels. They were human beings like you and me. Why? Because if they were angels, we would say what? I can't relate to him. They can relate to me. 
They don't know my pains, my sufferings. They don't know my human emotions. They don't know what I'm going through. They will never know. But as human beings, we see the life of the Prophet ﷺ. He had to go through human endeavors in life. He had to go through the rustle and the tussle of marriage and life in general, right? Moreover, the Prophet ﷺ had to go through more. Why? Because he was setting a standard which was higher than and above than everyone else in humanity. Why? So that we as human beings can relate to him. You can see, the Prophet ﷺ went through this struggle. And despite that struggle, he did not give up his iman. Despite that struggle, he did not change his name or hide in a corner. Right? He stood up for what he thought and what he knew was haqq and right. Right? That is what Islam teaches us. And that is the main reason of a prophet being chosen, that the prophets والسلام, were known before they became prophets as the most truthful human beings to walk on the face of this earth. Yes or no? Right. Khadija anha describes, imagine a wife saying, my husband is the best husband. SubhanAllah. When does that happen? Right? <laughs> it's like a miracle, right? You guys will... Everyone will be happy. It's like read for us. And vice versa, right? Same thing for the husband saying you're the best boss in the world. It should happen, but it doesn't. Unfortunately, we need to change that. And we need to be appreciative of each other. We need to understand that sometimes she's having a bad day. She's going to take it out on you. And sometimes you're having a bad day and you're going to take it out on her. And that's the reality of life. And that's why we are together in goodness or what? Only in goodness, I guess. Right? <laughs> no, in both goodness and in hardship. In health and in sickness. But moving on, getting to the point, Khadija anha says that the Prophet ﷺ, you are the best human being. SubhanAllah. You're what? The best human being. You are truthful to the point that they call you what? As-Sadiq al-Ameen. Who? The people of Mecca. The people who were corrupted, right? They had, they had lost their moral values and ethics. But they knew that this man is a man of truthfulness, man of haqq, a man who nev never falsifies information, no matter what. He never gives preference to his tribe or his family over others. He does what is right, right? And there's a beautiful incident which is a highlight of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, which establishes his truthfulness amongst the entire Arabs. When the Prophet ﷺ was 35 years old, and they were reconstructing Ka'batullah, right? And what happened when they were reconstructing, now everything, obviously there's a long story of why they had to make it smaller than what it was initially, because they didn't have the halal wealth to do so. And now it was time for the Hajrul Aswad, the black stone, Right, which was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Ibrahim alayhi salam to be placed, right? So now it, it was time for that to be placed. Now who's going to do the honors? Who's going to cut the ribbon? Right? And it was a big tussle and a fight. And all the Arabs were like, well, I'm going to do it and you're going to do it and he's going to do it and so on and so forth. Nobody was up to come. They were not able to come to a resolution. So they said, okay, you know what? Whoever comes tomorrow in the morning, 
The first person to be there in Masjid al-Haram, that is the person who will make this decision amicable. That's the person who is going to help us resolve this conflict. That is the person who will be the arbitrator, who will arbitrate between all the other tribes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose who for that reality to happen? None other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't be shy. Say it loud and be proud of saying sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was there the first one. And Allah subhanahu and when he was there and all the Arabs, this was the point, this was when he was 35 years old. Just a few years before Prophet, to establish in the eyes of all the Arabs, what? That the Prophet ﷺ was a perfect human being and the best citizen of Mecca. And they all accepted it. It is only because they accepted this reality, they allowed him to do the arbitration. And what a beautiful arbitration he did. He said all the tribes, hold you know, bring a you know, big uh, cloth and everybody, all the leaders of each tribe should hold it from a corner. So all of them are united together. And he said, you all pick it up and bring it to the corner and I will pick up the stone and place it where it needs to go. And everybody was okay with that, subhanAllah. Why? Because he was the most, he had established himself to be the best citizen of Mecca. And... He did that without ever having to lie, without ever having to comply to other falsehoods, right? So we as Muslims, we should remember that. And what is the contrary, Shaytan, what, do you, what does he want you to do? Shaytan's only agenda is to insinuate in your mind and my mind. And he is what? He's a thief. You know, he is always in the hiding. Do you see shaitan? No. What does he do? Min sharril waswasil khannas. He only whispers. Why? Because he knows if he comes in the front, what's going to happen? You know what happens when you go to uh, Hajj? You see people throwing umbrellas and chapels. That shouldn't happen, by the way. But, you know, he's going to get something thrown at him. And he knows people are upset and mad at him because that's what he does. He makes us mad, he makes us upset, he makes us angry. And then when he makes us angry, and then we do foolish things, and then he's laughing in the corner. That's why they say, the one who angers you, conquers you. The one who angers you, conquers you. And it is shaitan, the devil, who does this. Right? He insinuates in our minds, and he makes us fear, and he makes us angry, and he makes us lie and cheat and deceive. But guess what? He doesn't make us do any of those things. That's what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment. When human beings will ca call him and call oh, it's you. And the Shaytan Iblis is here and with his minions. Right? What are we going to do? He should be like, you know, beat him up. He's I didn't do nothing. What did I do? I just told you. I didn't hold your hand and make you do something wrong. I didn't hold your hand, uh, hold your tongue and make you lie. Or make you cheat or make you deceive. That's not my capacity. That's outside of my capacity. It was you who decided to do that. And he'll put the blame on who? Me and you. And that is true. So we need to realize and wake up right now. Not in our graves. And not on the day of judgment for sure. May Allah give us the tawfiq inshallah. To wake up right now. And realize that shaitan he insinuates in our minds. He puts 
falsehoods in our minds. And he brings up all these isms and this moral relativism and this and that. And then there's, there's no real truth and there's no capital T and there's no certainty to anyone. That, that's false. What is haq? Islam is haq. It was haq when Adam السلام, came and it was haq when Rasulullah came and it will be haq till the day of judgment. So when we as Muslims know and we should know from the depth of our heart that Islam is haq, when we see a falsehood right, rising in this country within, you know, within our households or outside of our households and I see this country was formed one of the first things, what is the first amendment? It says that freedom of what? Religion. We as Muslims need to understand that we are Americans now. We're not from back home. Every time you say, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from back home. Well, you're not from back home, you're from here now. Every time you say you're from back home, you're never gonna stand up for your rights in this country. Why, because you think, right, in your mind that you're not from this country. So why should you fight for your rights? You're never going to, so we need to change that. We need to change the narrative in our minds that I am not from here anymore. I'm not, well, you are. And it is part of being an American that you stand up for your right, the right to practice your religion freely. And for that, what do you have to do? Just be on haq and represent haq, represent truth through your speech, through your values, through your ethics, through everything that happens in your lives. Right? Islam cannot be just sprinkled in a way that when you come to the masjid, mashallah, I'm a Muslim. When I leave the masjid, khalas. Forget about it. I have to leave my... When a Ramadan enters, I'm a Muslim. When Ramadan leaves, inshallah, next Ramadan, I'll have my kofi back on. Now, I'm a Muslim every day until I die. And that is how we want to die. Yes? The Prophet ﷺ said, the way a person lives his life is the way... He dies. And the way he dies is the way he or she will be raised up on the day of judgment. So we have to decide how we want to be raised up on the day of judgment. And we also need to, another point I, uh, I want to make is that we need to stand up for our rights. And we see our rights are being trampled as Muslims wanting to follow religion. We should stand up like the Christians stand up and the other religions stand up for their rights. Whether it is in public schools or whether it is anywhere else. We're living in a time where these isms, which are against our religion, are being forced down our throat. And what do we do? We just shy away and run away and hide in a corner and not stand up for it? That's not going to change anything. It's going to make people run, make us run away even more, put us deeper inside that hole. So we have to stand up for our rights and say, you know what, my religion tells me I cannot do this. And just like you have the freedom of speech, to say whatever the heck you want, I have the freedom of religion to practice the haq that I have. And I know what I have is haq. And I know what I have is truth. I don't need to shy away. I don't need to change my name from Muhammad to Mao and Harun to Harry or something else and hide in a corner and not talk about it. I don't need to leave, you know, if our children, I mean, may Allah make it a reality that we have bigger and better Islamic schools, not just Muslim schools, but Islamic schools, where Islam is just not sprinkled on the top. Islam is the philosophy of education. Islam is the ideology. Islam is what drives math, science, physics, chemistry, biology, everything in that education. Not just one period a day of Islamic education. That doesn't mean anything. 
So make that Allah make that a reality. Say I mean. But until that is a reality, all of you know, most of our children go to where? Public school. And if we keep shying away and running away from them, pushing down these isms down our throats, what's going to happen? We'll just succumb to it and we'll just be quiet about it. So we have to stand up. We have to say that no. This is what my religion teaches me. And just like others are fighting for their rights to f practice their religion freely, we as Muslims, as American Muslims, need to start fighting for our rights and start showing the world that what we have is haq in a manner that is amicable, in a manner that is acceptable by everyone, in a manner that keeps us a good citizen of this country as well. And that is what the Prophet ﷺ did in Makkah al-Mukarramah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us, protect us, inspire us, and take us all to the straight path. Wa akhru da'wana, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Inshallah, we'll have a few minutes for sunnah. Jazakallah khair.